wanna get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. From sunny, sunny California, Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, entertainment capital of the world. Also, perhaps one of the um, largest homeless encampments in the country um, is in Los Angeles. Downtown LA, um, not the high rises that you're seeing go up in the futuristic sort of Blade Runner-esque buildings. Um, in fact, I feel like downtown LA is just an elaborate theme park based on Blade Runner, right? Like, that's just that's just what it is. It's like the future. It's like the haves and have-nots right there. Tent cities everywhere. Why am I talking about tent cities? I don't know. You know why? Because I think it's interesting we live in the entertainment capital of the world, right? Entertainment. Um, California is seen as this communist paradise, right? A socialist paradise. Uh, I can't complain. I'm receiving government money for unemployment right now so that's my i'm a commie i guess i'm part commie but i'm also working uh while i collect my unemployment so eventually i will of course lose my unemployment because you can't work while you're on unemployment because the whole point of unemployment is that you're not working but once you're working you don't need unemployment so why would you need that extra money even though most of us are one accident away from homelessness homelessness which is looking more and more appealing to a lot of people in California because it's a tent life now. Car life, tent life. Here's your, you know, you got your hierarchy of homelessness, right? You got your sort of the car. Well, I guess couch surfing um, would be the top. You actually have a domicile. So it's not yours, but you have a bed or a couch or a floor and you got a bathroom and, you know, no one's trying to, well, I guess it's not. Uh, There's probably some questionable arrangements for said boarding. Maybe, um, you know, you got to give a little handy or a blowy or you know, a little more than that, a little pussy, a little ass, like mouth. I don't know. A hole. You got to offer up a hole to stay. That's possible. Um, or money or whatever. Just something in exchange. Quid pro quo, as they're saying in the news a lot. This for that. Tit for tat. Um... All right. <laughs> so there's that next level car, right? Live in your car. Um, or I guess you could also live in a place without running water, without a real shower, right? It's sort of that car gym life where you use the gym to shower, live in your car. That's a great deal of people. And that's sort of the um, upper echelon of the homeless. Because I guess technically if you're couch surfing, you kind of do have a home. It's not your home, but there is a home involved. But uh, a car is not a home. No matter what people in L.A. try to tell you. I know. A lot of people. I'd say, come on. It wouldn't surprise me if there was like a million people <laughs> living in their cars in L.A. Uh, it wouldn't. There would not. I'd be like, eh. It wouldn't surprise me if you told me there's a million people in downtown L.A. living in tents. I'm like, yeah, that seems about right. I mean, that's how crazy it is. That's how many people, you know, are out there. When you drive down, you run into Skid Row. I mean, it's literally people walking on the street, blocking the streets. I don't know if they're junkies. I don't know if they're mentally ill. 
I don't know if they're even homeless. Some of them are not. They were just going to work, it looks like. But a lot of them live in tents. A lot of them live in tents that are just there, not cleaned. And apparently there's a huge meth problem going on in those tents, which I suppose is better than opioids. You know, they're not dying left and right. They're doing meth. They're keeping busy. They are keeping busy. A lot of them are like fucking cleaning around their tents. I mean, you know, once they put up a tent, it's almost like they have more ownership of the street, the street they live on, you know, at least their patch of street. Um, No one's really fucking with them. So they're beautifying their own area. I mean, sure, are they having unprotected sex and smoking meth and sharing needles? Sure, sure, sure. But really, who are we to judge? Are we We're going to judge them now? I mean, we're not even helping them. Now we're going to be like, clean your act up, homeless people. I mean, they are cleaning. They're cleaning. They're cleaning their steps. They're fucking scrubbing. I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, the meth makes you clean. It's funny how meth makes you clean everything but your teeth. Isn't that really funny? I mean, you end up losing your teeth. Anyways, so you got your house. You got your home dwelling. <laughs> your house. Your house hobos, right? And then you got your field hobos. <laughs> And the field hobo, the top of the field is the, you got your car, car hobo, right? And then you got your um, tent hobo, and that's the next level, right? You don't have a car anymore, but you do have a patch, a little patch of sidewalk, a little patch of street you can call your own. And then you got your tentless, right? That's the true downtrodden, right? That's the real, real 99% of the homeless, right, is the sort of tentless. You have to then stay in someone's tent. And then the former rules of engagement of staying in someone's house apply. What do you, you have to offer a hole? You got to offer drugs. You got to offer money. Quid pro quo. That'd be something. Unless there's some kind of strange communistic paradise going on in these tents. Is that possible? Is that possible where everybody is sort of like, you know, to each according to their own need? You know, like there's a lot of sharing, a lot of sharing of meth. You know, nobody, there's nobody, it's our meth, they say. It's our meth, and when your teeth fall, that's our teeth, you know, falling together. So that could be it. I don't know. So then you got your, yeah, that's your bottom rung of the hierarchy there. Your tentless, street-dwelling, homeless, you know, they just sleep without, uncovered, like animals, like fucking dogs just laying in the street, just laying. And that's typical. See, I guess that's all a tent really is. It's just the illusion of privacy. Okay, sorry. All right, ran out of space on the old memory card, huh? 16 gigabytes of gold laid down. Had to be erased. And I'm back. I was talking about homeless people in tents. Tents. What is it for, really? It's just to give you the illusion of privacy. Well, I remember one time I took acid and went to Yosemite without a tent and tried to spend the night after being warned by all the rangers about the bears roaming around. And I thought about how a tent, it would not really help. If a bear decided to attack us and we were in a tent, it would probably fuck us up even more because of the confusion of the tent. We're wrapped in the tent. We're trying to run. And the bears get fucking getting, getting at you and you're in the tent. And you're like, ah. So I guess there's that. But the fact that I was exposed out in the open, it just made me and my friend Kyle super uneasy. You know what I mean? Like if we had a tent, we could at least kind of, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. And what would be out of sight is mother nature who's coming to kill you. You know what I mean? So I could see on a level, uh, if you're out there on the streets surviving, that tent will kind of give you that peace of mind along with the meth, which I think makes you supremely confident and stay awake, because I think part of the whole thing is falling asleep is very, 
scary i would say on the street i've only fallen asleep outdoors a couple times i was homeless for about a month in college uh, my fault stupid uh didn't make my financial aid deadline and of all things that's the only thing i needed to do since i'm ripping off government money at least back at the time i wasn't going to school i was just using the money for drugs um you know i think that I learned a thing or two about just some responsibility by being forced to sleep outdoors. Um, Found out that it's very uncomfortable sleeping at night because it seems scary. So the best thing to do is try to stay up all night and then sleep in the day, which is what me and my friend John ended up doing. We would do things like take acid or ecstasy to stay up all night and then crash when we came down at either a friend's place or just on the lawn at school. A couple times I just slept on the lawn. <laughs> you know, sometimes you see these people sleeping on the lawn. You're like, who the fuck is that guy? What's he up to? I'll tell you what, they might be just crashing from an all night MDMA binge. That might be what's going on. <laughs> they might have watched Spawn, uh, the animated movie, three times in a row uh, while on microdots. That might have happened, and now they're crashing. So that's totally possible. You know? So I feel for I feel for homeless people because I mean I can't say that I am was a homeless person but I was homeless I've been on the street I have had to sleep outdoors it's fucked up or I have to I just sort of work out arrangements with people to sleep in their place you know yeah it's fucked up it's fucked up so this tent living man can't imagine it meanwhile while this uh, we have tent metropolises forming in the metropolis of Los Angeles itself. A raging, roaring debate is going on, um, not about homelessness, but about whether superhero movies are cinema. You know, that's what's really important, guys. That's what re- re- people are like. Scorsese is saying they're not, and Coppola, and who else? All these uh, old Italian filmmaking greats, giants are coming out and being like, that ain't fucking cinema. That ain't fucking, that's just a fucking thrill ride. I, I think they might say that to themselves. I, I've been watching a lot of Sopranos, so I think they just sit around eating some schwiedel, you know, and being like, have you seen that fucking Captain Marvel? You know, <laughs> she's got no fucking charisma. Why do they even, Brie Larson, more like Brie Cheese. She's got the personality of Brie Cheese. All right, that's that Oscar award winning actress, Brie Larson. What? What? Do you tell me she's charismatic and interesting as an actor? You're telling me that? All right. Okay. It makes me trust you less. I don't know. It makes me think that you could be conned easily. Well, anyway. Is it cinema? Is it not? I don't know. Let's go ask the tent people. Let's go ask the people living on the streets of Hollywood. Hey, do you think that uh, the Avengers is cinema? And a lot of people will be like, yeah, I think that uh, the uh, Avengers uh, is uh, kind of uh, cinema in the vein of, uh, uh, you know, like the um, the classic, uh, you know, the periodical serial uh, film reel, kind of real, real sh- uh, things that they did back when Indiana Jones was based off of, you know, and so uh, that's, uh, I think that it is a part of cinema. I wouldn't say it's the greatest of cinema, but, you know, it's just like uh, when you have food, you have got, like, fine dining and you've got, like, you know, uh, fucking uh, now and laters, you know, and so maybe the Marvel movies are, like, now and laters. You could do like that. I don't know what happened to the homeless guy there. Why the homeless man was... Also in the Sopranos, I just was an ex-capo. And he had a drug problem, and instead of killing him, they just they just let him live on the street. Let him live on the street, right? Wow, 
Don't call him homeless. Call him streetful. That's what he's full of, eh? Hey, Tone. All right. Um, this is... <laughs> is it cinema? I, hey, is that what's important here? Is people fucking scraping meth out of glass pipes in tents just to last another day? And I suppose we need to know if comic book movies are cinema. Is it? I don't know. Meanwhile, there's fires burning down all of California. Uh, L.A. is a nice little uh, microclimate. You know, it's got a little mountain thing, a little kind of protected. But all around it, it's very dry. Santa Ana winds come. It's very dry. There's fires right outside Burbank, right there. Fucking Malibu. Not far. Less than an hour. Like about an hour or so, right? It's fire. Fire along the 405. Just fucking fires everywhere. That's what's coming. That's the winter. Um, and so while the state is on fire, the citizens of Los Angeles wonder to themselves, are Marvel movies cinema? You know, that's what's important here. As they step over the human feces, uh, the broken meth pipes, and the tents, that are, uh, you know, some broken tents as well, um, they wonder to themselves, ah, is Joker cinema? Is jo- was Joker cinema? Seems cinematic. Seem like it. You can um, refer to uh, Rosen Kim Cast episode 109, I think, Taxi Joker, for my thoughts on the derivative nature of Joker. Hey, it wasn't bad. It was a good time, but it is what it is. You know, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> to say about that. But I think you know, isn't that funny though? Isn't it? I think it's just fascinating that this town, this town that has stolen water from all of its neighbors like a vampire in order to live, uh, to create this sort of facsimile of paradise, this sort of plastic surgery, sun-soaked, kind of, you know, flaky, superficial, yeah, man. But there's plenty of good things. There, that's not, you know, that's the bad stuff. The good stuff is that there is space. There is freedom. There is positive regard. People are genuinely nicer. People genuinely want to give you a shot, you know, which to me is terrible for comedy, at least for beginning comics. When you're starting out, you don't need people liking you. That's, that's not how it's supposed to be, okay? That's supposed to be liked. That's real actor shit. See, that's the problem. A lot of actors here. The whole town is an actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not... It shouldn't be here, okay? Uh, there's people in LA heard this, overheard this conversation, right? Wondering how to pronounce things in LA, right? For example, the neighborhood Los Feliz, traditionally called Los Feliz by the denizens of the city. People now are thinking maybe we should call it Los Feliz. Maybe we should say Los Feliz, right? Los Feliz, because that's the more progressive way. That's just more progressive. People think this is I've heard actually heard this conversation more than once. This is not a, a new conversation. Heard this before. Why don't we call it Los Feliz? Right. Why don't we do that? Isn't that more progressive? Usually this conversation is had by white people and usually there are white people who live in Los Feliz. OK, do you want to call it Los Feliz? You want to call it Los Feliz? Fine. You're, you're the ones fucking gentrifying it. You want to ask the people you who had to move out because you raised the rents which way you should pronounce it. You think they care? They don't fucking care how you pronounce it. They'd rather you either, I guess, leave. I mean, you can't leave now. It's too late. They're, it's just they're like, well, I guess we're fucked. Whatever. Okay, fine. I guess we'll feel better. <laughs> we feel better, though, that you're pronouncing it correctly. Thank you. Right. 
And then arguments will erupt over, you know, whether this is right or wrong. Like, well, let's say you don't agree because maybe I think maybe like the dominant orthodoxy here in Los Angeles is to agree and be like, yes, let's be progressive. We should do the progressive thing and be progressive. You know, that's of course tinged with colonizer guilt, you know, usually by people gentrifying these areas. But aside from that, let's just say they're like, yeah, huh? Yeah. So then the other side, see, it's like what happens is because you frame it as a progressive argument, what ends up happening is that by taking a counterpoint, you're automatically seen as, I don't know, conservative? Is that what the opposite of progressive? I don't know. It's all such bullshit. Like, whatever the opposite, you're on the other team. That's what they assume. But imagine if you're just saying, no, listen, um, language doesn't work that way. Language is just how it is. Like, you know, for instance, Houston Street in uh, New York is... It looks like the word Houston, and you could be right. If you looked at it, you'd say Houston, because every single person in the country would say Houston unless you went to New York and knew it was called Houston. But you can't say, let's just change it, right? And that has less to do with it. You know, that's not like, um, you know, so then some people, you know, you may be like, oh, so then should we call tacos tacos should we call them tacos like what should we do you know and that's just fucking dumb right like there's a because consider the town you're living in los angeles it's not los angeles right consider santa monica boulevard santa monica boulevard because santa barbara san francisco did you know this whole fucking place was mexico california did you know that did you know it's all mexico all of this all the way from here but texas new mexico <laughs> all of it was once mexico and then there was a war called the mexican-american war where we annexed Texas, think that little, uh, remember the Alamo, a couple things happened, and then boom, full-on war. It was full-on war. There was war all the way up to, like, fucking Illinois, okay? Yeah, fucking uh, Santa Ana's leg or some shit <laughs> is in Illinois. Like, there was a full-on war for this shit, okay? Lasted about, mm, I think it was five years. So I think there was a Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, maybe three years, 48? I'm not I mean, I know enough, but I don't know so much that I got to, you know, but uh, look, a few years, okay? Three, five years, whatever. There's war, had the treaty, Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, stipulated that Mexicans, the Mexican citizens in what would now become the United States would have dual citizenship. It would allow them to become Mexican citizens and United States citizens. That was part of the treaty to stop the war. Otherwise, we'll keep fighting the war because, you know, what are you fucking doing? We signed the treaty, Americans. We did it. And then suddenly, I think it was 1848, because in 1849, you got yourself a gold rush in California. Yee-haw! Right? Fucking Sutter, Sutter, whatever his name is. I don't know, this dude named Sutter. Oh, God, I'm forgetting all of my John Sutter. I don't know, he struck gold. Struck gold. There's a gold rush. Gold motherfucking people coming. White guys coming to California. And then they were like, holy shit, hold on, wait a minute. We said that the Mexicans were dual citizens. Does that mean that they have like property rights? Does that mean that they have voting rights? Does that mean that like the Mexican man is essentially equal to the white man? Is that what this is? Now, these are the challenges put forth by the white men coming in. Um, and really, it's just a capitalistic thing. It's competition. It's like there's gold. Uh, we're going after this gold. We're going to do every fucking thing we can 
to make sure we get more gold than the next guy. And if that means throwing him under the bus because he's Mexican, fuck yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and throw everybody under the bus, right? Because we're trying to get this gold, motherfucker. Gold that ended up financing the Civil War in the 1860s. So what did the American Congress do? They were like, what the fuck are we going to do? We got these Mexicans. They're dual citizens according to this treaty. We can't, are they going to be allowed to vote? We can't, we can't, we're going to let these brown guys vote and control the gold? Control, we can't do that, man, right? All these fucking nice the white men. Back then, they are all white, right? All white senators and congressmen were all, like, shitting themselves. Like, ah, oh, fuck, whatever. This is a shitstorm. Like, the rest of the country is going to hate this because everybody's racist, you know? So you're like, what are we going to do? So then they came up with a great plan. It's genius, really. They were like, all right, how about this? In accordance with the laws we have, you know, only white people can vote, right? This was before the Civil War. Only white men can vote. So how about this? Only white Mexican men can vote. Ta-da! And everybody was like, okay. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. And, uh, you know, the, I guess the Mexicans themselves had a racial hierarchy. You had your mestizos. You had your... Californios, you know, you had your guys fucking the landed guys, you had your fucking white looking Espan Spanish, right? España looking España. They talk like this and they're like, Oh, Juan, would you please pick that up because my zapatas are hurting right now? And then Juan's like, Eh, hey, fuck you, puto. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, si, senor. You know, and that's what's going on. That's what's going on there. That's, I summed it all up for you guys. Anyways, <clears throat> white Mexicans, so they're like, Cool, okay, we can be white and Mexican. If we're white, you know, not like those brown Mexicans. But then, lo and behold, what started happening? White men, Anglo-Saxon men, white men, would take these white Mexicans to court, sue for their land, and end up winning because they weren't white, right? They'd be like, Your Honor, this man is clearly not white. He is a Mexican. <laughs> he has no claim to this land. And the judge would be like, Yeah, can't argue with that logic. That He's right. He's Mexican. He's not white. Case is missed, bomb, bomb, right? And so all these so-called white Mexicans who had these deeds that were supposed to be honored by the U.S. government, even though they were originally established by the Mexican government, they suddenly did not have any claims to that land. And um, along with other shit, California had a neat little law that said if you were not white, you couldn't testify against a white man. You just can't, can't, sorry, you just can't, you just can't, right? There's a whole conundrum. People versus Hall. Look this up. I probably talked about this before, but this was over a Chinaman. Chinaman saw a uh, murder go down. White man murder a Chinese. And then the Chinaman was, <laughs> this is me getting canceled. The Chinaman was like, uh, he can't kill chinks. No, he didn't say that. The white man probably said, die, chink, as he killed the chink. And then, oh, shit, fuck. No, now I'm getting canceled. Ah, well, it's over for me. It's over. All right, I'm sorry. It's the end of the Rojan Kim cast. Thank you for listening. All right, now let me just finish this. People versus Hall. Chinaman saw a white man kill another Chinaman, and then he testified against him. That's what put him in jail. And then they appealed it over and over because there was a law on the books that said no black or Indian could testify against a white man. And then with the Chinaman, they were like, what? He's not black or an Indian. What the fuck do we do? What do we do? And then, so they had to do a lot of rigmarole, like a dancing, like a, like a real dance routine. They had a super awesome linguistic gymnastic routine, fucking 
amazing, perfect tens. If you were scoring this shit, this would be the equivalent in gymnastics of somebody just doing like, you know, like when they do the fucking, they run, they sprint and do this fucking somersaults and then they do the fucking triple axle in the air and they fucking stick it, land it, arms in the air, Nadia Comaneci style or whatever her fucking lady, that girl with the fucked up ankle who ended up sticking it to like that, that she was a hero too, Michaela, whatever the fuck, all of them. That's what this was like. Okay. So this is what they said. They said, all right. Yeah. The law says it can't be black or an Indian. And this is clearly neither. Right. Chinaman. Right. But let's just say when we said black, we didn't mean literally had to be black. We just meant like not white. We just meant as opposed to white. We didn't mean like literally black. We just mean not white. And when we see Indian, yeah, we're talking about the natives, and the natives, as we all know, are descended by uh, descended from people who crossed over the Bering Strait from Asia, and the Chinese are Asians, and so you know they're kind of like Indians too. So they kind of like totally are like both black and Indian. Okay, so anyways, uh, this guy who witnessed the murder can't testify against <laughs> the white guy, and that's it. That was the California Supreme Court, People versus Hall. Um, you know, so that's a backdrop of this place, this place where the people who come from out of state, gentrifying areas, raising the rents, kicking people, a lot of Latino people out of Los Feliz are now saying, maybe we should call it Los Feliz. You know, maybe we should call it, even though this whole place was once Califas, right? And then uh, taken over in a war and then turned to California, right? Okay. So for me, California is, at least it's more honest. Santa Monica, at least it's more honest because it is what it is. It's a Mexican territory taken over by the United States, right? Whitified, gentrified. The original gentrification happened after 1845, you know, after the or <laughs> after the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. So that's a little history lesson there. Wow, we started on the homeless problem in LA. Very LA-centered episode today. Started on the homelessness problem. Spiraled that up into our comic book movies cinema, which is, of course, the chief concern of homeless people then briefly touched about how the entire state of california is on fire and will be uh for the rest of winter uh, until through winter came back down to this idea of um progressivism in language uh, pronouncing things with the spanish accent to be more progressive despite the fact that the land we are on is ill-gotten perhaps or at least a conquest driven thing we took it and then we kind of indian gave uh <laughs> some of the rights that we said we'd give these people and now we are saying let's build a wall right now we we got a president elected on saying you know on uh, i mean he actually i'm gonna be straight with you he actually didn't say that they were all rapists it, he didn't you can actually look it up it's uh it was made to look like he did but he actually didn't technically say that. I mean, was it the most tactful thing? No, no. But, you know, what he was doing, I'm talking about Trump. I'll say his name. I hate that stupid 45, like he's fucking Voldemort. Just fucking grow up, okay? The guy knew that immigration was a huge issue. He knew it. And so that's what he was going after, man. Red meat for that. And the, everybody else, the establishment, Democrats, Republicans, they had no idea that it was such a big issue. They had no idea that the people on the ground were concerned with it, okay? So that's how you rile them up. That's how he got, okay? So this whole thing of, he says Mexicans are rape. Nah, 
No, I'm sure he doesn't really like Mexicans either, but that's neither here nor there. This whole place was Mexico, right? It's ridiculous. The whole thing is absurd and ridiculous, okay? And for all intents and purposes, it is Mexico and it is America, okay? It's both, right? So Los Feliz, I say Los Feliz until it changes. Everybody says it changes. Then I'll change it. Look, Wilshire, it's not called Wilshire, it's called Wilshire, okay? Because that's just how it is. That's just how language works. Things change over time. You know, beef is a French word. We don't say boeuf, right? We don't say table for table. We don't say garage, okay? That's language. Language changes. All right. <laughs> this is a ridiculous rant. Okay, so talked about language. Then I talked about Mexican-American war. Then I talked about the people versus Hall and how you can't be black or Indian or Chinese. You can't be nothing, okay? Brown, nothing. You, at least back then, couldn't be any of those things and testify against a white man. Okay, so that was white privilege. So I feel like compared to that, white guys have less privilege because um, mostly because they're killing themselves in droves. You know, they're, they weren't doing that back then. They were fucking throwing Mexicans under the bus for gold. <laughs> and scene. I think that wraps up this episode in a nice little bow. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at Rojan Kim. Go check out my website, rojankim.com, where you can find the Rojan Kim cast, right? You can find it. It's there. Subscribe to it on iTunes or Apple. Stitcher. Apple. I think that's all I got. Maybe I'll put it on more things. I don't know. But thank you for listening. 